1: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is 5th and Mission. Kids across the Bay Area have been back in school for a couple of weeks now, which means parents everywhere are navigating the hurdles of how to keep their children safe. It's a scary time for many of them. The highly infectious Delta variant is sending more younger people to hospitals nationally than at any other point in the pandemic. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, more than 250,000 kids have tested positive for COVID-19 in the past week. That means children now make up more than a quarter of all new coronavirus cases in the country. Booming case numbers have led some schools across the country to close down, and pediatric hospitals have been overwhelmed in some virus hotspots. While the situation in the Bay Area is not nearly as bad, Local school districts each have their own set of COVID 19 protocols, which makes it challenging for parents to understand what the best safety protocols are for their children. What should kids do during lunch breaks and recess? When should parents keep their children at home? And what about us grown ups? Are we following the right protocols? Here to help us out with that is Idine Maziri, who has gathered the latest advice from public health experts on protecting children especially those who are younger than 12 and unvaccinated. Ideen, thanks for being here. We are seeing that COVID cases in younger children are now outpacing people 50 and older. What's happening right now?
2: The first thing is children under 12 are not eligible for vaccinations right now. So that is the big concern. A lot of older adults are vaccinated and they're, they've kind of resumed to uh, normal life, normal activities they're socializing, they're out and about. But of course, children are not vaccinated. And as you know, uh, people are getting breakthrough infections. There's still a large percentage of people who are not vaccinated who are carrying the virus. So in the past week, there were over a quarter of a million pediatric cases, COVID cases. And that represents like a 10% jump in the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. And If you go back two months ago, the numbers are really uh, skyrocketing for children. Mm
1: -hmm. And we can attribute, of course, some of that to being back in school. Now that kids are in the classroom with their friends and classmates, let's go through some of the latest advice that experts have shared with you about keeping them safe. First, what kinds of masks should children be wearing in
2: schools? This is a hard one because masks have been so controversial and, of course, we're lucky we live in the Bay Area where schools are requiring masks inside and outside. Um, and uh, the, the experts I talked to said, you know, the cloth masks that we were all wearing last year are not enough. Mm. Um, if they're sitting in a classroom all day, um, they should be wearing masks with filter pockets and, you know, you, you want those uh, P2.5 filters or HEPA filters in the mask or The other thing they suggested is just wearing a surgical mask against your face and then wearing a cloth mask over that um, just to have that extra layer of protection because, as we know, the Delta is so infectious. Mm -hmm.
1: And I assume that's good advice for anyone who's unvaccinated indoors at this point. Is that right?
2: Yeah. You know, I was asking that question on behalf of children sitting in a classroom for a long time, but really I wanted to know myself, you know, because there are, you know, when you're in the grocery store, or if you're on a bus, or if you have to ride an Uber or something, you want the maximum amount of protection. And uh, everyone told me cloth masks are, are not enough. We really should be layering our masks now. Mm-hmm. And the the important thing is really the fit, um, because children's faces are a little bit smaller, and uh, they also tend to touch their masks. So you want a f- mask that's going to fit snugly against their face. Um, It's going to cover their nose, their mouth, and, you know, go under their chin.
1: The other day, I got to visit an elementary school for a reporting trip, and it just made me so happy to see kids playing with each other during recess. And luckily, all of them were wearing masks. It's such an important part of their social time. How should they be navigating lunch breaks and recesses to keep safe?
2: The experts, you know, I was talking to, they're like, of course, children learn a lot in school, right? They're learning fundamental, uh, just building blocks uh, f- for life. Um, but they said a lot of what they're learning happens outside the classroom, right, in those moments that you saw, the uh, the socialization and the kind of figuring things, how to interact with other people and things like that. Um, and of course, that's also the time where they're not under the supervision of their teacher. They're not in a mm-hmm controlled environment Um, classrooms have ventilation they're seated you know apart from each other hopefully they have masks on Um, so when they get outside they might let their guard down a little bit they might be playing the mask might slip off Uh, things get a little bit more casual and you know the best thing parents can do is model good behavior when they're at home and remind them you know when they're out and about, like, hey, you know, check your mask every once in a while, make sure it's still up against your face. Um, If you're eating and you have the option to eat outside, that's so much safer than being inside um, and removing your mask. And, um, you know, get that mask back on as soon as you're done eating and go, go ahead and play with your friends. Keep a little bit of distance between each other. I know kids tend to just pile on top of each other, but maybe not do that until they're, they're uh, able to get vaccinated.
1: And a lot of parents now are just anxious to receive that dreaded email from school officials that notify them that someone at their kid's school has tested positive for COVID-19. What are the best practices that experts are saying about keeping kids home from school? Is it just when that dreaded email comes through?
2: Everyone has told me that it's so important to have kids Go to school when they can. Um, the school policies have changed because they really want kids there. So, depending on the district, but uh, I know a lot of them will only contact uh, parents of close contacts. And that definition is uh, someone who's been within six feet of the infected child for 15 minutes throughout the day. But of course, you know, your kid may tell you, oh, I had lunch with so and so. And that might be cause for concern. And I don't think parents are out of line for saying, well, I, you know, why don't we just stay home a couple of days to see how this shakes out? Or since this is all so new, right? You you want to see how your school handles things when there is a case. So uh there's no judgment against parents playing it safe, even though schools re- really want kids there. Um And the one thing to consider is that you don't want it to feel like punishment to the child, right? You don't want it to feel punitive, like, you have to stay home because something you did something bad. You want to let them know, Hey, we're doing this because we want to make sure that you're safe. And we also want to make sure that if by some chance you were infected, you're not spreading COVID and we're not spreading COVID. So as long as you're, you know, openly communicate that to them, give them a reward, let them watch TV or, you know, buy them some ice cream or something, then, you know, that helps kind of soften the blow of having to stay home from school.
1: You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San
0: Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS?
1: So even if a kid has a case of the sniffles, I mean, they're going to be getting more bugs and cooties by being with each other. The safe bet is to keep them home if any symptoms yeah, come
2: up. Yeah, because in children, the symptoms are, you know, fingers crossed mild. Uh, for In most cases, they are mild. So even if it seems like allergies or something, uh, the people who work at schools recommend keeping them at home until you're able to get them tested. Um, I think most schools require a PCR test, but uh, if you are able to get a rapid test, um, those are fairly accurate and you'll know if your child has been exposed or infected and then you can kind of take the steps to prevent spreading it.
1: And what about these at home over-the-counter antigen tests. You said rapid tests are a good thing to have on hand. Are experts saying families should keep some of them in their household just as another tool to to be safe?
2: Yeah. The only problem is they're hard to get and they are quite expensive. Um, but they if you are able to, it's you wanna know. I think testing is really one of the key met you know. Masking, ventilation, and testing are really going to keep COVID out of schools. Um, I know some school districts offer testing. Some private schools offer testing. Um, I don't think that's a consistent policy throughout the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And there are many parent groups working to change that. They want weekly testing uh, for children at schools. Um, I've checked out the the SFUSD testing site and it's not the easiest to navigate and it's not exactly convenient going to their testing sites Um, a lot of them are during the school day um, and a lot of them are far away really frankly for it's hard for families especially if the parents are working to get to these sites so if you can get a you know rapid test a a Walgreens or a CVS and just kind of use that until you find out for sure that that's a key measure yeah
1: some of what makes this so challenging is what you mentioned—that there isn't even guidance across every school district here in the Bay Area. What are families noticing now in terms of what they need in order to keep their kids safe, or at least make them feel safe? Is it weekly testing, or what other kinds of demands are parents looking for now?
2: I, you know, the key thing is for the parents to be vaccinated. Um, hopefully, for the teachers and the adults around the kids to be vaccinated, because that. That really creates a wall of protection around these kids who are who are very vulnerable right now um, because they they don't have that protection. So if, you know, if the adults are not vaccinated, they should do that right away. Um, and, you know, we're seeing more school districts require their teachers and staff to get vaccinated. Hopefully that becomes more widespread. And that's really apart from the masking and the other factors to that is, of course, limiting outside activities. Um, You don't want to be doing the high risk stuff like uh, sleepovers with the families that you don't know well, or you don't know what their habits are. You want to limit carpooling, any, any high risk indoor activities. And the other thing is you want the adults to be safe because breakthrough infections, you know, the adults can carry the virus even if they don't get sick. So, you know, we just had a huge music festival um, up here in Northern California. We had the Bottle Mm -hmm. Rock Festival over the weekend and, I would say 90% of the people, adults there were unmasked and, you know, they're coming home to their children and they could get their children sick and those kids can bring COVID into schools. So really, it's just about being cautious through this Delta surge right now where the case rates are quite high and really monitoring the behavior of the children and the adults around the children.
1: Well, Idine, thank you so much for talking to public health experts on behalf of parents. I appreciate you talking to me.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Ideen Vizieri is a staff writer at The Chronicle. You can check out his story on Bay Area expert recommendations for keeping kids safe in the Delta era, as well as other COVID-19 coverage on sfchronicle.com or on The Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening.